Alright, let's get it. It's been a while. How do we do this again? We say words and people just love us. Bullshit! Feet after midnight. I'm Steve. And I'm Mike. And we're going to talk about The Thing. John Carpenter's Thing from 1982. Mm. His old wrinkled penis from 1982. We saw a picture and it scared us and we wanted to talk about it to get our feelings that way. It was uh, <laughs> mesmerizing. Mesmerizing. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's a horrible way to lead off a podcast. Oh, God. Uh, um, yeah, so Mike had never actually seen it. So yeah, it was we, my first time. We watched it last night. And, you know, as, as I knew ahead of time, of course, the first, like, 20 minutes is rather slow. Yeah. It, no, it's, it was kind of, like, dragging for them first 20 minutes, but... It kind of establishes uh, the characters. Location. Their, their idiosyncrasies. And, uh, and, but it picks up pretty quick. If you had never actually seen the uh, movie before, you know, you, you know, you really wouldn't have any idea what was going on. You see this guy shooting a dog. My first impression when I was younger was, okay, they're hunting a dog. Right, like that's a husky. They're just hunting it. Like, what's the what's the big deal? But exactly, you realize there's more to it. You know, the the one idiot blows himself up with a grenade. That shit was. And crazy. the other one gets shot through the eye by the, the guy who looks like a you know country hick. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was it was rather interesting to watch the play of uh, emotions on some actors' faces, but also the complete stone face acting by others. And I don't know if that was intentional. Oh, I'm sure it was. You know, or what? But um, I really liked it. I liked the. Uh, it was it was really neat the progression of the movie, going from you don't really know what's going on, everything could be all fine. To just the chaos that is the last hour of the movie. Oh, it's a mess. Yeah, the last day, I love it. It's a joyful, disgusting mess. I mean, the first thing I noticed, of course, being a smartass, is that Diabetes is in there. Wilford Brimley. Oh, yeah. Diabetes. Diabetes. I mean, of course, I mean, Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah, you know Kurt Russell. Love him. Um, but there were some interesting characters in there. I mean, Keith David, who had been in love him. a ton of stuff. I mean, Keith love David Keith lots David. of stuff. Um, Richard Dysart, uh, or however you say his name, uh, is, is Dr. Copper. He was in a lot of stuff in the, the 60s and 50s and stuff. Same with Charles Hall, who played Vance Norris. Norris was the one who's 
stomach opened up and ate the doctor's arms. That's the shit. Yeah, I mean, he was... <laughs> I mean, a lot of the actors in this movie were you know, kind of bit players in other things, in other movies and... and uh, the guy that was Windows was in, like, The Warriors. Yeah. And he died. I remember that. But, I mean, I didn't even... I don't, like, know any other movies with that guy in it. Thomas G. Waits. Yeah, he was in The Warriors... He's born in 55. Yeah, like he's um, really, really old. He was he in Money alive? Train? He was in Money Train. I don't even know if he's, yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. He was in Money Train. Uh, he was in Shakedown, which is kind of bad. Homeland. Oh, he's in Homeland, which is the TV series. But then he did a bunch of kind of like relatively unknown, you know, movies, things like that. I mean, he was in a couple episodes of Law and Order. He was actually in Grand Theft Auto as a priest. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know, and of course the Warriors game, the video game that came out. I played that. I, I actually have that on my PS4. That's pretty PS2 good. classic really? remastered. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty neat. We played bit parts in a lot of things. Yeah. Know? You know, but a lot, and a lot of the actors were like that. Where they, they played kind of bit parts here and there. One guy in particular, the one that played Clark, who was the um, the dog handler, uh, Richard Masur. He's he stands out big time. He was in uh, Risky Business, mm-hmm. My Girl, License to Drive. Remember like, the License to Drive movie? Man, oh, it's, it's old. That was way, uh, way before me. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Robot in 2017. You know, he was in lots of Oh, he was in Mr. Robot? Yeah, and he's, he kind of stands out, you know, like, like he didn't, I mean, he stands out mainly because of the way he looks. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people, I think, honestly, would look at that. They'd see him and go, oh, it's a dude from The Thing. You know, yeah. that happened with a lot of these actors. Even actors that had a pedigree. Like Donald Moffat, who's uh, Gary. He's the one with the gun. Yeah. Uh, Donald Moffat was in so much stuff. Clear and Present Danger, the right stuff. Popeye. He was in Popeye. Uh, he was. You know. Uh, he was in was like... he in uh, Airplane? Or no, he was in Scary Movie. Scary Movie, The West Wing. Yeah. Um, but again, he was one of those older actors that kind of stood out. And that's, that's kind of funny. I mean, most of the actors in this movie, they don't pull you out of the movie. It's not like watching fucking Nicolas Cage in a role. Right. You know, or, you know, as much as I enjoy him... As a person, Woody Harrelson, who they just immediately pull you right out of the fucking movie. Because mm-hmm. you look at them and go, oh, it's Woody Harrelson. Oh, he's talking like Woody Harrelson. Yeah, because these characters yeah. all bring a character. Every actor brings a character to the to the movie. That like It's almost like a, a game of Clue. Mm-hmm. And you just got to take what you're given visually as a, a step to the, to the who is the thing right now. And... Uh, yeah, there's just a lot of those kind of moments where you really, like, every actor has their defined personality. It's not just a bunch of dudes in a, in a you know, a snowy base. Like, it's not boring about, exactly. about who the characters are. They all are different from each other. None of them are the same, really. I mean, with the exception of, uh, I don't know, maybe, like, the old guys... Because they're pretty neutral the whole movie. They don't really do much. Yeah, they just kind of hang in the background They can just so they can play things at some point later, possibly. Right. Or give the thought that they might be. But all the young guys um, that went on to just expand their acting career, like they all bring something completely different from each other. And it's it's very worth. The um, one of Some of the interesting things is like everyone's fate isn't exactly certain. Like, Nall's, toward the end of the movie, Nall's fate's never explicitly shown. He walks off into the shadows. Right. Never seen it. It's assumed he's eaten, 
by the Blair thing or absorbed by it, you know, just after it went after Gary and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, it's never really shown. That's kind of cool. I mean, the thing about that movie is they left it pretty much wide open. You know, yes, they did kill a lot of people. But, you know, the thing with this particular movie is that as long as a little bit of blood of that stuff survives, if someone goes near that blood and it's thought up, it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll attack. It'll them. attack, yeah. And it's kind of cool in a weird way. It makes it... I don't know, the, the, pre, the prequel that came out in 2016? No, 11. 2011. It was 2011? Yeah, it was forever ago. Really? Yeah. I remember I just watched it recently. Um, like, it was neat. You know, like, overall... As, I, a, as a prequel to come out, like, yeah. almost 30 years later? I did dig it. I dig it. I mean, you, you haven't seen it yet. so we're I, gonna, I still want to watch it. Yeah, we're going to watch it. Because it looks point. really good from what I've seen. But it's like, in general, like... I mean, you know what's going to happen. You know what the thing is. Right. But it's interesting to see things from the Norwegians' perspective. There is a bit of modern um, bullshit in it, you know? I'm sure. Whereas the original movie was in the 80s, and it was very kind of a little more gritty. They were drinking a lot, and there, you know, a lot of bullshit. A lot of times now, you'll see it like, like... Like, when you watch the movie, there's a little bit of politically correction in it. Yeah. Here, here and there. And this is supposed to take place in, like, 1982. Yeah. You know? But, like, you watch it, and you're just like, dude, seriously, you know? Like, right. Well, I, it kind of bugs me a little bit. That it, I mean, but obviously it's, it was modern, so they're yeah. not going to make it like the old one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's just really nice. yeah. But as the movie progresses, you know, you learn pretty quickly that the um, the creature is just like it's one of the people, like right away. Within the, as soon as the, you know, the dog attacks the other dogs, mm. you know, uh, you see that you know, okay, well, it's, it can take over animals, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you realize, well, it probably took over a dude. Then it takes that red-haired dude. He like you see they, they he runs out. The thing runs outside, and it, you know they, they run out to catch him. You know whatever. And he's like kneeling on the ground, and they run up to him. They're like, oh, you okay? You okay? Oh my god! Oh, oh! And he turns and looks mm-hmm. at him. And he makes an unholy scream. Yeah, with his hands his all hands, deformed. Yeah, and his hands like reach upward, and they're all yeah they're deformed. They're like big lobster. They're claws. morphing and shit. Yeah. And they burn alive, you know. It's so brutal, but it's so cool at the same time. And then Blair goes and does the test to see, you know, for sure what's going on. These these really primitive computer graphics from the nineteen eighties, which I love. It's just hilarious. Yeah, it's neat. But it shows the um, the thing how the thing's blood cell by cell will take over um, anything and replicate it, and then it's exact. And the computer does this weird thing. This is honestly, I think it's beyond computers of the time. Obviously, I don't think. Oh, it's far beyond what he does. And I grew up in that era, so I know for a fact there's no computer that powerful. Even now, it's kind of like, is it really going to do all that computing in like five seconds? No, it definitely will not. Right, like (laughs) unless you're like in the Pentagon working on the most sophisticated computer they got, like what's the chances it's going to run this calculation that fast? I mean, because it was like. You know, this is this is the uh, cell of the um, invader. Yeah. This is the cell of dog. Oh well, it just completely assimilated with that. All right. Well, now what's the chance that that thing has already taken over all your crew? Well, seventy five percent. Okay. How many minutes and hours until it takes over the entire world and kills everybody? Twenty seven. Twenty seven thousand hours. And it's like. All right, this is a little bit before the time period of uh, mm. running complex 
calculations like like calculus wasn't even in school yet like <laughs> it was too <laughs> it was just basics calculus was in school back then. pre-calculus nowadays is what calculus was back then no yes. calculus is, uh, dude calculus has been out since uh, the 1920s bro nah bro not like this <laughs> not like nowadays they've evolved that shit it's stupid evolution of annoying math dude math sucks <laughs> But like, and you that children? even the com- even the computers in the eighties were like, math sucks. Yeah, they're like, nope, <laughs> nope. You play games on me. What are you I'm doing? Like, do, 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 do. Um, <laughs> four kilobyte games. You you it's play huge. You play pixels. Huge. <laughs> Three kilobytes of RAM. Oh. oh. I'm more alive than ever before. I'm to my Commodore. Oh, my friends are knocking down my it's mind-boggling. Commodore 64 lets you play hundreds more games than any video machine, plus draw, program, even do music. I'm more alive than ever before, and my friends are knocking down my door. Cause now we're into so much more. We're into our Commodore 64. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because you see, once he realizes that um, the chances of one or more members of the, of the staff there are things and have been replaced he freaks out yeah and the thing about this film which is interesting it shows that they all drink a lot and never, oh yeah they're all fucked up and it's never really specifically described what the fuck they're doing up there i mean i'm assuming it's some sort of scientific tests but why yeah and what why what would we I mean why would they strand men up there you know, I mean, they were strange. They're not going to get out right, for six it's months. Right, kind of odd. Like, they were just kind of stuck there. Yeah, and they said it was like like six months they'd be stuck there or something. Or maybe it was six weeks. And it was for some research thing, but it's like, what are you researching? Like, yeah. Arctic weather patterns or... It doesn't like, really, and stuff that you couldn't just observe with a satellite. Well, back then, a satellite probably not. But yeah. You know, it was interesting. Like, so, these guys are all up there, and they have like a video game room. You know, they've had McCready's show. I mean, McCready's like playing chess against this really primitive chess game. Uh huh. And it beats Which him. Which was neat. So it beats him, so he dumps his liquor into it and shorts it out. I'm like, yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> come on, dude. But uh, it's. They've got all sorts of shit, but they drink a lot. Constantly, yeah. it's always alcohol. You know, JB and uh, uh, there's lots of vodka just prominent, prominently shown there. Tons of liquor all yeah. the time. The helicopter pilot drinks. Tons of McCready, who is which is uh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're the pilot. You know, we want you as drunk as possible. <laughs> but it was, uh, it's just something you notice in almost every other scene. Like mm-hmm. somebody's got a drink in their hand. Like. Exactly. Oh yeah. So Blair gets hammered, right? And uh, because he's hammered, he loses it completely, and he goes and just starts attacking everybody. He pulls his gun. He destroys the radio. He goes and uh, he destroyed all the computers which were calculating whatever. And they just, he just crazy, they're smashing everything. So they go and they take him out, you know. And uh, he fires seven shots out of a six shot gun, which is interesting. <laughs> I thought I it mean, was good. Yeah, it was, it's the 80s, but still. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to excuse it. <laughs> but it was pretty cool. So they tie him up. And their answer, though, is to put him in the shed. And this is what I don't get. Like, they know some of them might be things, right? Yeah. No, they know. God, it was just odd. Like, the the choices people made, knowing that some of them could have been it. When they went out to the shed the first time, yeah, it was just kind of like, all right, you're taking two of you. If one of you is the thing, you're both done already. Like, it's, <clears throat> it's too late. 
Like oh, they yeah. sh- they should have stayed in groups of three at all times. Oh yeah. <clears throat> There's no good reason for it uh, other than movie trope. It's a horror movie. People are going to separate on purpose, and you're going to hate it, but it's going to happen. Yeah, there's a bunch of moments like that. Like, later in the movie when uh, they're in the cave, and, like, they split up three-way for, like, no good so reason. stupid, yeah, at the end. And you, that's one of the things they used to do in 80s movies, and they still do every now and then. You know, when it happens, you're like, what the fuck are they doing? And that's poor writing at that Yeah, end. but... That is a writer not being able to figure out how to cause an issue... Or uh, <clears throat> create trouble. Right, like you're just making this the whole thing so he easier. The stupid way. Yeah, yeah. The, the easy way. Yeah. And that's laziness. It's a shortcut. And, and generally, it's not the writer of the book, you know, or the original story it's based on. It's some Hollywood, you know, editor that's just like, oh, I'm gonna put my two cents and I'm gonna do this. Right. It's too complex. We don't have time. So well, it's yeah, like, and it's like, yeah, we could explain that full chapter of the book you did to explain why things are happening, but we could also just take this shortcut and say they didn't want to do that, like. And that's that's just Hollywood. I yeah. mean, the book is way more in depth apparently. So it's usually how it is. But yeah, the um, you know, so the thing, you know, one thing that they never really describe, which is kind of strange, is that you know, they they never explain. I should say not describe. Duh. Um, is that the uh, the blood in the refrigerator, right? Yeah. Someone opens the refrigerator with a key, shreds the blood supply, it drains out, mm-hmm. and they shut the fridge and they lock it again. Yeah. The only key was supposed to be in... The uh, captain's... Uh, captain. <laughs> like, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah. He's the leader, dude. It was, yeah, well, it was either... Um, or either, the doctor, It was right? either in the doctor's hands or... Um, whatchamacallit? Uh, What's his name? Gary. Gary. And Because Gary was like the leader guy, whatever. Yeah. But people pretty much looked to the old diabetes guy as like the real leader because he was older and knew what he was yeah. doing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because they never really explained that. Right. Well, because they said flat out it wasn't forced open, it was locked, it was unlocked, things were destroyed, and then it was locked again. Well, wait, I forget, was, did Gary... He wasn't one. He wasn't one, no. right, he was the last one, and, and was he was so, con- like, Kurt Russell was so convinced that he was going to be the one. Yeah, and the doctor wasn't either, which is interesting. Yeah. So, since neither one of them was a thing... Who did it? Exactly. Did they steal the... Uh, did the key? The, did the creature steal the key and get in and return it? That doesn't make any sense. Right, and you if know. it did, which one of them was it possessing when it did that? And when did they have time to do that? Exactly. It's very strange. Yeah, and the timeline kind of jumps around where you don't know how much time has really passed. Where it's like, it could have been a couple of days, it could have been weeks, it could have been like... Well, Blair was in there for a long time. When they put Diabetes Guy in the... He had a bunch of room. like supplies and stuff well, to last. Well, tools and stuff. Like, well, they fed him and stuff like that all the time. But, uh, you know, they said, you know, when they were, as they were walking back, this is, the storm's going to hit in six days. You uh-huh. know, or within, in, in, within the next six, something like that. six hours or something like that. And then, like, apparently, like, he was there for, like, six days. Maybe even a week or so. Yeah. Because he had enough time to dig that tunnel. And build a freaking machine. And build a so spaceship. the general timeline, from what I was able to gather, was that this all happened over the course of a, a couple of weeks. You know, so... That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, from the beginning all the way to the end, it's probably, like, a two-week time span. You know, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. It may be even longer, you know. Right. I mean, like, from very beginning when they're chasing down the dog to, like, 
even the moment where the thing first appears could be like a full week and we don't know because there's a lot of like hey this is crew member one this is crew member two and they're just kind of cutting back and forth you don't know how many days are passing as the time is going on but uh it's true yeah it's i'd like to say two weeks is the time span of the movie but it's either way it's crunched to a point where it all feels like it could have happened in like one night like yeah it's really kind of funky, and but I mean the way they describe this, you know, okay, this the storm's gonna hit blah, blah, blah. and then like they they later on, you know, they actually um, say like you know, the storm's been hitting us for for, for forty eight hours straight, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's gonna hit us for another like probably like probably another forty eight after this, yada yada. So at that point, like it's like almost the next scene, but like you're looking at like three or four days have already gone past. Blair's been out there for three or four days minimum. Right. By himself. And it's funny because they go back to him and freaking, uh, he, he made a noose and hung it by the door. Yeah. You know, they let him know he was going to hang himself, but it was just like, to, you know, just a sick thing to do to fuck with them or because he was pissed off. Well, and he was the thing at that point, though, wasn't he? Well, this is the, this is the, that's the, thing. the weird thing. I don't think he was. He got infected later because he was all alone. He had nobody to protect him. When he fell asleep at some point, I'm sure it attacked him. What if, yeah. I, and just a, just a theory out there, yeah. they didn't really pay attention to the blood that crawled away when he stabbed the, the blood vial. Yeah, oh no, yeah, it, just, it simply got away. It I mean, ran away. Oh, yeah. What if it connected to, uh, who's Keith David again? What's his name? Keith David. Had that weird moment. Oh, Childs, yeah, the black dude? Yeah. yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Like, what if it was in the base just kind of lurking around? And then when they all left to go out and he's standing watch, waiting for them to come back from wherever they were, I forget, the building, yeah. the shack? Yeah. They went to Kurt Russell's shack, right? Well, I think he was standing by an open door that was frozen solid. Yeah. So but that so that thing had to have been in there if it took over him. Because what's-his-name wasn't coming in from the outside no, to no, do no, that. No, no, um, Because he, he was down in the tunnel. So, yeah, my guess is that, like, my guess is that, you know, what's-his-name got infected... Like, ahead of time, Keith David's character. Uh-huh. Because um, he passed the test. He did initially. A lot of them did. Yeah. Um, but Blair, then... They, they went out to test Blair, and that's when they discovered, I think, that Blair was gone. Yeah. And then... Uh, was that what... Yeah, that was right. Yeah, so he was gone already. But it did, but there was a point where Blair was like, I want to come back inside, don't you see? I'm not going to hurt anybody. Uh-huh. I'm all better now. I, I'm lonely out here. I need to be back inside with you. And that's I'm very suspicious. At that point, he was already a thing. I guarantee yeah. he was a thing at that point. Because he was trying to talk to them. Very and, nice. And get get them to yeah. come in. Yeah. Or at least unlock the door. Yeah. Well, then they go out to find him, though, and the door is busted open. Yeah. And he's gone. You know, they said they say it was open from the outside. He said he was hearing weird noises all night and all day. But the thing, yeah, but the thing is, though, is that, like, the thing, if, if once it became him... He would have just busted his hand through the door, reached and unlocked it, you know, or slid his hand right. underneath it, reached up and unlocked it. Right. Because you know? it can just, like, freely extend like that. Yeah, it can exactly. basically grow at will. It just does it when it's right. But it's it's very... It seems like everything is deliberate with yeah, oh yeah. when they show people, when they don't, which is a sign of a great movie for suspense. The only issue I had... Like childs at the end, you know, uh, like him running off and like that and disappearing and then coming back in, it was kind of suspicious. I mean, I was I think what happened when I was honestly is that childs got infected inside. 
Yeah. Like, the thing... And then, the 2011 movie, they show the thing can split itself up into smaller versions of itself. Yeah. They're not as intelligent as the larger ones. You know, yeah. larger ones. It prefers to be a larger one. Well, it, it, it gets more intelligence that way, too. Like, yeah. the, the head... When Norris's head fell off, when they were torching the body... And it became and it, the spider. It became a little spider thing, whatever. Instead of, like, hiding and waiting till the, till the, the people were all gone or a moment... It immediately just tried to run outside. Yeah. Because it wasn't intelligent enough not to. Right. It seems like the thing, you know... When it's large, it knows. It's larger, like, it has more escape. intelligence. Like, yeah. Because yeah. when they ate up the dogs, it was like, I'm going to grow real quick. Yeah. And then I'm going to shoot through the ceiling. Like, that was its goal in the moment. And it got halfway there, and then they torched it. It's interesting. It was just very, very... Like, there's a lot of subtle context clues on what this thing's capable of, which is, like, phenomenal storytelling for the, for the creature itself. Because you learn what its, like, powers are, what its powers aren't as it's going, what's its weakness. It doesn't give a shit about snow or ice. Like... It, like, it likes to freeze sometimes because it's just easier, you know? Because mm-hmm. it can wait. But, uh, Which is crazy. But yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. It's survived 100,000 years. How creepy is that? Its blood could literally soak into the snow and just sit there for forever until somebody comes along and touches that snow. And then it would just totally be ready to take over again. Like, that's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so true. cool. And the, the, the 2011 version is kind of cool because you get to see what the creature was before it took over a human host, before it had any DNA from our planet in it. And this looks like this monstrosity or whatever. And it was well done. I like the the, the 2011 version, you know, you'll, you'll probably dig it too. But it's more fun to watch the, the 1982 one first, of course, you know. Because mm-hmm. if you try to watch, like, the, the 2011, 2011 one and then the 1982 one, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Just because of the nature of it. You don't have to watch them in any particular order, you know. But I will say that the, the 82 one, I liked the effects better because they were practical. Mm-hmm. They were all practical effects. 100% guaranteed. And then, um, you, you know, you get to 2011 and we actually have a lot of technology at our at our disposal. And they utilized a lot of that. A, a bunch of CGI. It was a rather than doing what the original was doing and, you know, hiring a very elaborate quality practical like effect. It. Because there's some things in the original that, like, kind of look like they could very well have been some sort of, uh, like, almost uh, stop motion for the sake of being that. But that's still a practical effect in a way. You know, like, when the the tendrils kind of float out and are moving rapidly and then stick to something, there's not much of a way to practically do that in real time. So I could see them doing that in like a stop motion, like let's bend it this way, let's bend it that way, and just yeah. do that rapidly over and over, and then we'll stick it to this and make it look like it's strung tight. But then you get to nowadays, and it's like, let's just do it at a computer, well, rather than do all that extra work with stop motion. And then it doesn't look the same, so it takes away from the effect. And it's, yeah. it's just one of them things. Like I think it's also because I grew up with stop motion. Mm-hmm. I like stop motion. And to me, it seems... It's just a nostalgic thing, but when there's something actually there, mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's kind of cool. Right. And if it doesn't look all that convincing when it's CG, why? why it ruins like, it, yeah. Like, at least if it's real, you can't be like, that's not real. Like, because <laughs> you know it's real. Exactly, <laughs> like, yeah. 
I'd rather have bad practical effects than than good CGI. Honestly, you know, right. that's just how I am. But uh, I do like um, the story. The way the storyline was at the end, to the twist that they did. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, yeah, because it's kind of like a double twist. Because it's like it makes you think. All right, well, they're both good. They're both. You know, the thing is done. Like he blew up the damn massive version of it that was in that uh, in the cave. But, like, then Childs comes out, and he's, like, you know, being all suspiciously, like, hey, I'm back. It's like, dude, you've been gone for, like, a half hour, and all the shit in the world just happened, and everybody's dead but me. What the fuck happened? Exactly. And the thing is, though, at the end, um, one thing people have pointed out, and this is the thing, John Carpenter, John Carpenter came out and flat out said, okay, look. One of them is a thing. One of them is human. I'm not going to tell you what. Right. Just solve it for yourself is what he was basically saying. And it's funny because, like... You can solve it. Well, he says the answers are there if you you look. And they're very true. There's there's one thing that that stands out. Childs has no breath. You look at Kurt Russell. it's so cold. Tons that, of steam coming off Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of steam. Every time he says a word, you see uh, a, a yeah. mound of smoke coming out Child, of his mouth. Child, nothing. Not, no matter what the lighting, no matter what the angle. Yep. And the other thing is that a lot of people have you know theorized is that um, the Kurt Russell was making Molotov cocktails, right? He's filling mm-hmm. bottles with gasoline and throwing them. Um, and he was doing that for a long while with the other guys. Um in the, in the other parts of the base. So, and this is the thing. He goes to take a swig of it at the end. He stops, he looks at it, and he stops himself and laughs. And he goes, ha, no, no. And then he sees Childs or whatever. So when he offers Childs the drink, you see you see him give it to him. And he Child, gladly drinks it. Child takes a few swigs, glug, 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 and then Kurt Russell laughs again. Yeah. Because <clears throat> he just gave Childs gasoline. Right. And he just drank it and he drank happily. <clears throat> so those are that's my two theories, and and, and they're theories that I just got off the internet. They're, but they're very, very, I think they're valid. You know, very valid. I I think there's no other way to see it where Kurt Russell was the one that was the thing. It yeah. just doesn't make sense for him to do any of that. Like, and it makes the most sense with the gasoline and the bottle thing. Like, and we know it's not gonna be Kurt Russell anyway. <laughs> I mean, why would you? <laughs> I mean, you know, at that point they weren't gonna make another movie, but just in case. You know, but like, see, even in that situation, Kurt Russell doesn't have a means to defend himself. Like, he doesn't have the flamethrower on his back. He doesn't have another Molotov in his hand. He just handed over the bottle with the gas. He's he's done after that. There's like once that once that alien or the alien realizes, Kurt Russell knows, it's over for him, because it's one on one and there's no method of stopping it. Well, that's the thing. Like you said, it's like, well, if one of us is, it doesn't matter because we can either one of us. We're in no no position to do anything about it, which isn't necessarily true because the thing could simply kill him. Yeah. Make a larger form and, you know, make a run for it. But, you know, it wouldn't make it, it wouldn't be able to stay warm enough to make it to uh, the coast and make it out of there. Right. It would freeze before it got there. 
My whole thing, though, is like they have tractors. They could have just drove away. They could have driven away. They could have just loaded up all the gasoline they wanted into one tractor. And a bunch of them just piled into the damn thing and just driven to the next research base. But they waited until the thing destroyed the fucking tractor. Yeah. And the helicopter. Well, this is the thing, too. Yeah, it destroyed the helicopter. But in the PS2 game, um, you're you're you play basically. I think it's PS2. It's yeah, PS2. it was PS2. Um, you pay you play as a, a group of Marines that went to find out what happened to it, and it was like <laughs> you you fight other things. There's a government conspiracy, all sorts of weird shit. I don't know. Yeah. I, I never played the game. It's but a I've, bit I've read about it. Um, but at the very end, you escape, and the pilot who picks you up at the chopper is McCready. Yeah. So you you know, but that's not really canon. It's a, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a non canon thing. And like, even if it were canon. How the fuck did he get the helicopter to work when he had he burnt and blew up his entire base? What's his? Well, I have a feeling. This is the thing. I have a feeling if I were McCready, I would have gone on because they, they had like a good solid month of this shit going on. Uh-huh. Almost, you know. So my guess is that he fixed the helicopter. Yeah, I think he but went like, in there and, and he it's like at what? It. What did he? What could he have fixed it with though? Because it was like the full control panel of the thing was shredded. You don't really need all that shit. All you need is like the the, the motor works. You have to make sure you gotta wire it up though. Wire it up and make you, sure you have to you be able to go up and go down left and right, and that's uh, it. You don't need a, you don't need a bunch of fancy shit. It's like an airplane. You know the airplanes I nowadays are like that. Kurt Russell like a MacGyver. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with with airplanes, that. all you need is you know rudder control, speed control, fuel control, and that's it. That's you all know. the originals had. Oh, the Wright brothers didn't even have that. They said they rudder just controls. Had the, the rudder controls, yeah. Uh, so I mean, and that's and that's the thing, you know. So, I don't know. In my mind, I like to think that Kurt Russell got out of there eventually, <clears throat> um, but I like to think that you know, Childs probably was a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how Kurt Russell would have gotten away, but you know, the original story, the original sword story, short. <laughs> listen to me, I some sword story. That's awesome, Pizzagata. I'm high on cookies. Um, the original short story, uh, Who Goes There, the, the creature would always revert back to this multi-tentacled blue thing, you know? Which is cool. And it didn't, it didn't, you know, it actually was described pretty accurately as to how it looked. <clears throat> uh, but I'm kind of glad they didn't go with it. I'm glad they went, I mean, the original 19, <clears throat> what was it, 50s or 60s version of the movie, uh-huh. it's kind of campy. Yeah. I've only seen it once, and it was okay. I mean, it's fun to watch, you know, but I had seen the 1982 version first. Yeah. Now, hold on a second. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this uh, little message from our not-sponsors, but people that we wish. Hey, this is Paul Ritchie, and you're listening to Don't Feed After Midnight. But the rules don't apply to me. Feed me anytime. All right. Anyway. Now that I'm looked on my computer, this is definitely not two seconds later. By the way, there was a long period of time between this break. I took two um, thumbs. Did you, he did. He pooped. He big time poops. Big poops. Huge poopies. <laughs> um, let's see. We we actually we had um, sushi and uh, udon tonight for dinner, so I'm not surprised you're pooping. That was incredible. Um, yeah. So who goes there was a science fiction. Uh, novella, I should say, by uh, John Campbell Jr. under the pen name of Don Stewart, but it was published in '38. That's how old this particular story is that the movie's you know based on. Jesus, that's um, pretty far back. <clears throat> uh, in '73, the story was voted by the Science Fiction Writers of America as one of the best science fiction novellas ever written. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, it was adapted three times as a motion picture, though, and that's a weird thing. Um, yeah. 
1951, you get the thing from another world, which I didn't really like that much. Mm-hmm. I watched it. It was okay, but it was like, eh. In 82 is the John Carpenter one, which is amazing. You know, but that was directed by John Carpenter, not really written by him. And then um, the prequel that came out in 2011... Uh, was adapted to comic form. Well, so was the original one uh, by Whitman Comics, but I don't know if it actually, you know, how it looked. I mean, the Whitman Comics isn't exactly known for doing tons of really cool stuff. But the whole idea behind the story is kind of freaky in of itself. You know, mm-hmm. you have isolation in Antarctica. Uh, it's Winter is almost over at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, they expected to be kind of cut off. At this point, they've been cut off for like a month and a half. Like two right, months. Completely isolated. Yeah, like they hadn't heard from anybody in the whole continent <clears throat> because of the winter and the storm and all that. And it's just like the original storyline was that uh, they tried to thaw the inside of the spacecraft with a thermite charge, but end up accidentally destroying it because the ship's hull is magnesium and it gets ignited. Uh-huh. Um, they do recover the pilot from the ice, so, uh, and it basically goes on. It, de- it, it assumes the shape, memories, and personality of any living thing it devours. While maintaining its original body mass for further for uh, further reproduction, it's interesting. And the original story seems kind of cool, but you know it's worth a read if you guys can find that story out there, which I'm sure you can. Yeah, um, it's Shouldn't worth be a too read. Hard to it's worth get a, read. a hold of. I've read it. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I mean, they, the way they describe the um, the thing and its reactions is a little bit different. And the other th- other thing I'd like to talk about too before we go is the uh, the intelligence level of the things. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's the way that they describe it is that it's a beast. Yeah, you know, it's it's not, it's it absorbs the you know personality whatever this and everything, but it's not, it's really not that smart. It acts like like an animal. Yeah, you know, in a lot of ways. So my guess is, I mean, the original storyline was that the the alien who found it on another planet picked it up and was taking it back for research or whatever, and it attacked the alien pilot and in you know desperation he crashed the ship into the into the planet. Right, Earth, you know. Right, I can see that. So at this point, the alien civilization is, you know, that's 100,000 years ago. They've moved on so far from that time, it's probably, you know, they're either destroyed themselves or they've become something different. Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah, right. (laughs) Goddamn huts. Goddamn Um, huts. One last mission. The fact that they didn't dwell too much on the spaceship, I thought was kind of nice. It was there, it existed, but the thing was more important. The creature was the most important. That was the center. It's kind of funny if you think about it. Like these are the first humans to ever see a real spacecraft mm-hmm. in the flesh, like on site. They they're standing on it at one point, looking in, you know, and like they're not even worried about it. They're more worried about the fact that there's a fucking killer monster out there. Like, it's it's really, really neat. And they, they kind of just kind of dipped back from the the ship and never talked about it again. It was kind of like, you know, they went, studied it for a second, was like, yeah, I mean, I got to say this ice is probably 100,000 plus years old deep, you know? So this thing has been buried here since before man, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you just get this... that's another thing it creates this eerie feeling that like this thing potentially could have been the meteorite that killed the dinosaurs yeah like just crashed in and then fucking flooded the earth and being Antarctica it kind of adds up it's just an ice continent yeah I mean back then it might not have been the case but but they say that the thing crashed the ship crashed and had lain there and they saw where the pilot had crawled out Mm mhm 
Um, the creature had crawled out and collapsed in the ice. Yeah. It, it lay there for 100,000 years. Well, didn't they bury it? No, no. What was that burial site? The, the, like the, the, the dug ditch. That, oh, that's where it was. It, yeah. It had sunk down. That's it, what I thought. It was 100,000 years. It had simply sunk there. Yeah. So they saw they saw the shadow under the ice and they dug it out. Because the ship itself was down really deep. Yeah. You know, you know hundreds of thousands of uh, feet down. Yeah. <clears throat> or hundreds of thousands of years worth of ice, I should say. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of cool, just like the way they described the ship and how, like, the um, the ice, you know, moves up and down, so it'll bring things from the bottom all the way up to the top and then it sinks back down again, that sort of thing. And that's, it's a true, that really does happen, you know. It happened with a bunch of uh, airplanes from World War II not too long ago. Right. The, the design of the ship, I thought, was kind of fun. Just a classic flying saucer. The saucer. It was kind of, like, it was kind of neat, you know. They didn't try to go to all Star Wars and different right. things, you know. They didn't have to. It, it was fine the way it was. The way that they killed off some of the people, though, I thought was kind of dumb. Uh, windows, the way he just stood there where the creature was in front of him, and just... Like, you've got a full... Well, he's, like, trying to ignite it and failing miserably. No, he didn't even pull a trigger. He just said well, you stared you at saw it. there was a moment or so where he, he hit it, and the flame kind of just... I thought it was McCree that was happening. They both were doing it. Uh, but, but Windows was kind of like hesitant at first because he was so scared he just took forever doing it but even McCree was like having real struggles like it was weird it was like the thing was malfunctioning or something like he was like jamming to get the fire going and it was just just like little gusts of flame but I mean it was kind of dumb how windows kind of just accepted death well yeah he just stood there like and just stared he didn't try to dodge away like classic 80s 70s horror movie like yeah, you like, could have oh, just like fell backwards like half a foot yeah and, like you, totally you know, dodged okay. that like, exactly. it wasn't even that fast it was just i did like how the dude's head split in half it was creepy you know it starts shaking and the head just splits and you're like it, that what? was i think that was even crazier though the fact that he was sitting in that chair all calm and fine and then the second that blood got boiled, it was like instantly he's having like a seizure and then he starts like breaking up into crazy pieces and shit and well, his head splits. And the interesting thing is too, like you look at his facial expressions before the blood is tested. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, right, here we go. So does that mean that the creatures had the ability to think along those lines and those kind of feelings? Right. Or was it just... You know, making that face for another reason, you know, altogether. Right. And they don't really go too far into it, you know. I just hope they don't decide to try to make some, you know, sequel where, oh, it gets into a city or something or something right. stupid like that. It's more fun when it's isolated. It's frightened, you know, it's frightening, you know, because it's back, you know. Right. It's in the middle of nowhere, you know. I mean, like, you can make your little cheap, like, C-grade movie that doesn't even make it to theaters. I don't care. But if you're going to make a big budget one of it, just don't ruin the legacy of it. Like, please. Like, if you're going to do something, go back even further than the Norwegians or something. Like, I don't want to see... Like, even make it, like, on an alien planet. I don't care. Like, do something that doesn't tarnish the, what what has been built on here. But, I mean, nowadays, you never really can stop the Hollywood machine from rebooting. So... You never know. They kind of suck. And that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just going to call it out. There's very few reboots I've seen in the past, like, three years that have been great. Um, I don't know if I can count Halloween because I don't know if it's a reboot because it's a sequel. 
I haven't seen that one yet. But it's the new, really, the new Halloween movie. Really good. The 2018 Halloween movie. For, yes. for those for those people that are listening in 2019 or beyond. Right. Um, it's really, really good. And it's not it's not necessarily a reboot like the Rob Zombie one was, where like they completely changed the story to like give you an insight on Michael's life as a kid, where he was like killing squirrels and he was getting bullied and shit. It sounds like they made what's her name out to be like Carol from Walking Dead. You know what I mean? She's better than Carol. Oh, she's better than Carol. She's like Batman meets Carol. It's, I mean, it's awesome. Nobody better than Carol. There's plenty of people better Why than Carol. Why are they babies? There's plenty of people better than Carol. Carol's kind of dumb. No, she kicked butt. She, I mean, she's a good shot, <laughs> but she's kind of dumb. Yeah, she puts good. herself in dumb situations a lot of the time, like where she's alone. They all do. We really can't judge that show by saying that, because yeah, there's a whole show full of stupids. I'm proud to say, I haven't watched any of this season of Walking Dead. They can go to hell. It's pretty good so far. You haven't even seen the, the Rick episode yet. There's two episodes I haven't seen, and there's a That's good okay. You're going to watch those, and you're going to go, This weekend. Why? No, I'm going to be hyped. Nah, I'm going to be hyped. You're going to be pissed. No, I'm gonna be I haven't even watched it and then what happens because they got spoils for me. Fucking spoilers. Fucking spoilers. Hey, fuck you, internet. So <laughs> much rape. Fuck you, internet. So much ear rape. <laughs> I've never seen so much oh. ear rape on an AMC channel. Um, oh. Yeah, so I mean, that's the thing was probably one of my favorite horror movies. And it, it's, it's, it doesn't seem that long. It's it really a, it's doesn't. It's an hour and 49 minutes. But it blows through. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 109 minutes long. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. So it's an hour and 40. Yeah, that's long for moving that time, uh, too. It's, pretty, it's a pretty good length of time. And it doesn't seem like it. You get to the end, you're like, what the fuck, really? And I think it's because the last part of the movie is so fast. It really it just happens it, so once it picks quickly. Up. Yeah, it's like boom, boom, boom. And the tension level rises, and your adrenaline's going, and you're, t- you're like, whoa, you know. I mean, yeah, like I was sitting there, and I was just like... You know, I was fine for maybe the first half hour, maybe 40 minutes. Yeah, you're just laying there like, okay, But then, like, whatever. after that 40-minute mark, my heart just started naturally pounding. And I'm watching the movie like, why is my chest beating like this? I'm not even that scared. I'm just curious as hell as to what's going on. And they're giving me answers and dropping questions. So mm-hmm. it's like, I'm just like, oh, this is so much to take in. I love it. But it was so good. Like, it naturally created that, like... At first, I thought it was the ribs I ate, just forcing high blood pressure. <laughs> but, I mean, like, it didn't end for the whole movie. Oh, no. And yeah. then the movie was over, and I was chill. I was fine. That suspense was there for, like, the whole last half of it, which was incredible. It was just fun. And it, it just, Very fun. And I, you knew, at, you know, at one point, you had no Blair. It was just like... Oh, yeah. You, you know, it was a thing. But when I was younger, what surprised me... Was the um, uh, the the tunnel underneath? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I remember the first time I saw that movie, I was like, "Oh, he dug a tunnel under the wood boards," and it was a pretty expansive tunnel too, uh, with a ladder and everything. Exactly, and then and the, the tool shed was it? That wasn't there already, right? He had hit you know, it, it's and the fact that he had all that equipment down there and he spent a lot of time building that little ship, so. You're looking at a good solid month, I think, he was there. I think I think they had him up there for and like see, two weeks to a month. The fact that he built a ship while under the influence of the thing shows, once again, that thing is adapting knowledge from predecessors. It's intelligent. But, I mean, the thing, the thing is, would it have gotten... Um, would it really have gotten that far in that thing? Was it simply imitating the ship that took it there? 
you know. I think it. I think it was in the mind of the pilot of that ship, and that pilot was aware of what it takes to make that ship, and because it was frozen with that knowledge for hundreds of thousands of years, the second they thought it out, that shit's fresh in its mind. That's true too. In the 2011 movie, I mean, you see all sorts of interesting things as far as like its intelligence level, mm-hmm. but in this movie, it's not. Not the most it's, obvious. It's, no, it's not obvious, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, my, so basically watch it, you know, make your decisions based on, of course, you know, whether you like it or not, what, what, what you think it is. Don't listen to us. Yeah, if, you, you know? if you've never seen it, I'd recommend it. And I just watched it for the first time a day ago. And the more you watch that movie, the more you pick up on stuff. Mm-hmm. Little things. Little things. You'll notice, like, Nalls disappears and isn't seen again. You're assuming he got eaten right. and killed, or he may have simply wandered off, seen it, hid in a box... And then McCready killed him by blowing the shit up because he's an asshole. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the the creature at the end is great. Again, one tremendous it, puppet. Yeah, insane. Um, and you see, like, faces in it. You see, like, oh, the dog yeah. pops up. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. <clears throat> it's, it's, a fun, it's a fun watch. It's a fun read. Um, I hope they never make another one. I hope they just leave it how it is. You know, they, there's no need in any way, shape, or form mm-hmm. for them to redo that. No, it's kind of atrocious that they do. Yeah. Um, hopefully that at some point it'll be re-released in theaters. It's, they seem to do that with some of the horror movies at certain times. They'll put them back out. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun to see them re-release like the thing. I'd love to see it on a big screen. Because it's just it's pulse-pounding and fun. It's more fun... It was a group of people, particularly if people have never seen it. It's fun to watch with them. Like, last night, I was having a blast watching you watch it. It was funny as shit. <laughs> you're just, like, glued to the screen. Your when, phone's in your hand, and you well, were trying yeah, to text no, like, I, I got my girl right in front of me, yeah. and I'm just having these moments. Like, when he opened up his chest and chomped the dude's arm <laughs> off, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? It was so good. And then that whole scene, from, like, then... Until the moment that thing got burned, I was like, "What the fuck?" He saw the head, and I was like, "You're like, no, no." <laughs> and then he grew arms. And no. became a spider. What the fuck? It was so funny. <laughs> it's just the best. And that's the best part about this type of film: genuine watching reactions. It, yeah, you're watching it with somebody is just fun. Well, because like you don't get experiences like that often. Not anymore, particularly with older movies. Yeah, know? I so. love it. It is kind of fun. Well, that's our that's our review of the thing. We thought we'd throw it out there. It's great, man. Way past Halloween, of course, but it's fun to it's fun to watch movies like that. Um, Mike and I watched The Haunting of Hill House. We'll be talking about that sometime. Oh, sometime, yeah. Probably next week we'll do another podcast. Yeah, talk about it. It's very fun to watch. Very it, was a, fun. it was a very good series. Um, any comic news out? I'm trying to think. Logan uh, died. Logan, died. I haven't even read that yet. It's it's so good. Such a smart mouth. Dead Man Logan, though. That's Old Man Logan. It's Dead Man now. Uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, Vader. Uh, Vader, yeah, Vader's been really good lately. I don't, the, um, I don't think we got caught up on, or at least through pod, you know. Podcasting was, yeah. You, now, you've read Vader, think, you've caught up on Vader, right? Yeah, so we're both <laughs> at the same spot. So now. he has the, the, the helmet of Moment? Moment. Moment, yeah. Moment. Um, and it's possessed by the spirit of a dead Sith. Yeah. So moments, basically, whoever wears that helmet becomes moment. Yeah, and, and he he got like incinerated inside of it. And yeah, that's, and he like imbued himself into the helmet. He tries to take over Vader. It doesn't work. Vader's just like nope. nope. <laughs> but he, but, but, but Vader because they're a Mustafar, and what Vader does is he goes out. Put and him he, on the. Uh, he grabs a, a local and like sticks a it on his head. Yes, yeah, scavenger and sticks it on his head, 
And so Moment's going to build him a key to unlock, you know. Something. A, a door uh, using the castle. <clears throat> I love it. I love it. It's a, it's a very good series. That Vader <sighs> comic. It is the regular Star Wars comic that's it's been ongoing since 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, they've almost caught up with A New Hope. You know, they have, like... Another Beyond New Hope, I should say. They're showing, um... What are they, almost at? Empire? Yeah, I want to say they're almost at Empire at this point. Because they're showing, um... They showed, like, a bunch of them meet together. Uh, and, like, they were, they were, it was after the first Death Star got destroyed. Vader's got the Executor. Uh-huh. And he's just, like, you know, he hunts and he's hunting him down. All the rebels go into one spot. And this queen, who doesn't exist in any other canon, whatever, uh-huh. um, basically, like, betrays them. A bunch of rebels die. Bella, it shows the death of Garm Belly Bliss, mm-hmm. which is different. Uh, you didn't really see what happened to him. Mm-hmm. At all in the movies, like he was in the first movie, I think. Mm-hmm. But that was it. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of cool, and, you know. In the in the the non now which is now non canon Timothy Zahn books, he exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he kind of went off and like made his. You know. I'm glad they're taking Timothy Zahn stuff and bringing it back, though. Like Thrawn is completely drawn out now into the canon. Um, he's got his own comic series. He ended up in Rebels. Um, He's, like, fully realized almost to this point. There's certain conflicts that happened in the non-canon stuff that don't happen in the current canon just for the sake of protecting the current canon. But, like, I'm glad that they're at least bringing that back. Like, they're not just erasing everything. Like, I think that's important, is that they, you know, they at least respect what them (laughs) writers did. Or at least the good writers. Like, the guy that fucking wrote The Death of Chewie and shit, like... You can fucking die in a hole. I don't care about you. Mm-hmm. But people like Timothy that like made really classic Star Wars stories that could have been adapted into film, like those are the people I'd like to see their canon hold true. So I dig it. I'm, I'm glad. I, I don't like just sprinkling of canon or sprinkling of old shit into new stories. I want them to just straight up talk about it. You know, I'm not expecting the truths of Bakura or anything like that. Right. And, you know, I'm I'm not feeling the concept of those gravity weapons because the current canon kind of fucked over that idea. Oh, yeah. But, like, <clears throat> just Thrawn being an overall, like, very, like, um, adept uh, tactician. Tactician? Oh, I love that, yeah. Like, that's crucial. You can't fuck that up. It is pretty cool. What other ones have we been reading? Like, you've been catching up on the Civil Wars? Not Civil War. Infinity Wars. <laughs> so the Infinity Wars. I'm so used to the, there's so yeah. many fucking tie-ins. There's so many. So many tie-ins. Well, well, the Infinity War crossovers. Now, what do we have? We have Doctor Strange and Captain America have been merged Soldier, together. Yeah, Soldier Supreme. We got Thor and Iron Man, the Iron Hammer. We have... Uh, that was my nickname, my porn. My, <laughs> I did porn. That was my nickname. X-23 and Scarlet Witch, uh, Weapon Hex. Um, and then you got Spider-Man and Moon Knight, Arachnite. That was cool. Which is neat. I'm glad they brought Moon Knight in. When Moon Knight first arrived, for those of you that aren't aware of what's going on with the current Infinity thing, there's always something going on with it. It's a new event every Um, time. Gamora got the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. And she did, instead of killing everybody... Yeah, she merged everyone. Every every for every two people in the, in the universe. Right, she did the one. opposite of what Thanos did. Yeah. He he had life by murder. She had it by like bringing new life, essentially. And what they did is they brought um, Moon Knight in, which I thought it's was hilarious cool. when he shows up. He's nuts. 
Okay, I mean, he is 100% crazy. And I've gone over Moon Knight before in one of the first couple episodes we did where we talked about Moon Knight. And, you know, he's the servant of Kyushu, the god of, you know, all this stuff. Is Everybody Egyptian, thinks Egyptian he's god. psycho, and he kind of is. But well, yeah, he's... He's, like, clinically he, insane, He but created so many different personalities that he lost his original personality. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's a bit like Bruce Wayne, that he has money, but he became a mercenary... And it was just like, I don't know, it was, it was kind of funky. Like, the, the whole thing is he's crazy, right? And it starts out with, like, him and Spider-Man. He looks at him, he looks at Spider-Man, and he's like... He's like, what's happening? <laughs> he, I drifted off for a second. What's going on? Why are we he here? He's like, God, I really picked a bad time. <laughs> and then Spider-Man's like, hey, don't worry about it. Just start punching people when I start punching people. Yeah, punch people, I punch. Right. Like, <laughs> he's funny. That's so funny. Because it's, it's, the thing with Moon Knight is that he's... He is really powerful. You know, I mean, with the full moon, he can lift him, you know, upwards of ten tons and all that. Yeah. But he's he's a really good fighter, and he's strong as shit, and he's crazy. Mm-hmm. But he has an array of weapons. He's he's a bit like Batman. You yeah. Know? So it was it's kind just of he's got a lot of different things about. Like he is a lot like Batman. It's just he doesn't have the, um, like the morality. Sanity. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he kills people all the time. Yeah. He fucking kills lots of people. Right. Like he doesn't have the rules that Batman has. Yeah. Which makes him very different. And I like that, though. It's, yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not quite <clears throat> an homage to Batman, even, because he's totally different. Like, he, yeah, he wears a cape, and he wears he's a He's definitely an anti-hero. Oh, definitely. Oh, that's, God, that's, yeah. the, that's the right <clears throat> he's an anti-everything. Yeah. Um, he's got limited regenerative abilities, I think, too. Uh-huh. I really wish they had brought Deadpool into it. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be perfect for a Moon Knight story. The thing with Deadpool, though, you got to wonder, would his regenerative powers override the melding being forced together? I feel like he wouldn't. Would it be he wouldn't be able to override it? Oh. But I feel like he'd be able to talk about his other life. It's true too. Like he'd be like, you know, I was better when I was one person. Yeah, yeah. Like, and <laughs> and then the other half is like, why did I say that? And the Captain America aspect, I mean, she, I mean, like in the storyline like she killed Peter Quill I mean, she, it's, it's a really weird well, story well he got brought back though it's true he uh Doctor Strange saved him she beheaded Thanos though right completely killed him but I don't think he's dead dead I think he's in the soul stone yeah. and I think he's completely like ghost torturing her like into thinking certain things well if you're gonna torture someone I mean that's obviously the best route your daughter you know. ghost torture as ghost. opposed to real torture I mean yeah. you know like, they can't do anything <laughs> about it because you're a ghost it's um, so funny though. He'll pop up at random times. Like I just want to say, I think you're doing a great job at you know messing around with the universe. You know, I'm just gonna <laughs> stay back here, be dead. You know? <laughs> she's like, and she's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I don't need your help. Um, but so Captain America winds up. What happened with him and Doctor Strange? Like I should say, like so the story is like um, when they get merged, uh, the timeline, like or at least with the spinoff, they show where he was when he got this. Um, the superhuman powers that he got. And Dr. Erskine isn't uh, just a regular geneticist doctor that was fooling around with serums and shit until he came across the super soldier serum and, you know, created Cap. He It was actually a she, because they merged him with some other doctor from uh, Marvel Comics, and she was a sorcerer. And she basically, like, conjured strength into Steve Rogers, uh, yeah, Steven Rogers, um, because they were like, you know, he is Steve Rogers, but Steven is Strange's thing, so they were like, uh, Steven, 
Rogers has incredible strength because of this spell that was put on his body. And because of this spell, he is also given the gift of like um, enhanced knowledge of the mystic arts by default. So he like he you know goes from this shrimpy little weakling to like fully strong cap with like a mystical cap shield. Um, he can cast spells at will and shit. Yeah. Like, he doesn't require all the tools that Doctor Strange really does. I mean, he still has the cloak of levitation and shit. That's cool. But, like, he's just given the powers as if he were injected with the serum. It's just all magic. But he's, like, really, really strong. And then he gets a hold of... Um, he goes into the dark dimension. And he meets Mordok, which is, like... Mordo meet, meets uh, Mordo meets Modok, and it's so funny because like Satanists are like hailing Mordok and trying to bring him into the real world, and when he goes into the real world, uh, Cap follows him in, and then that's how he gets out of the dark dimension, huh. and he gets the eye of, uh, it's Agamodin. Because uh, Agamotto got merged with Odin in this timeline. No shit, that's wicked. So he gets the eye, and he gets the time stone, and the second he touches it, he realizes, like, if he goes back in his timeline, he can watch his merge. So he, because, like, before, like... Interesting. It's crazy, because, like, before the origin, none of the heroes remember anything. It's like the second they became who they are, that's when they start remembering shit. But before that, when they were just regular Joe Schmoes, they don't remember any of that time period of their life. Because huh. that's what ultimately Gamora was resetting. It wasn't like the part of their life that didn't matter to what's going on right now. It was like from the moment they're supposed to matter, that's when these characters are going to start remembering. So like when he goes back in his timeline, he's like, shit, I don't remember being fucking six years old getting a birthday cake. Like, what the hell? So then he thinks about it, and then he gets the stone... And he sees he was two people. That's cool. Really neat. And all the heroes are starting to notice it, too. Like, uh, um, Weapon Hex notices it using her chaos powers and shit. And I think um, Arachnite hasn't figured it out yet. He's uh, currently fighting the Green Goblin mixed with a werewolf, which is really interesting. Huh. But it's it's... I mean, it's wild. The tie-ins are actually almost as interesting as the main story because of who the characters are that are merged. Like, Logan got mixed with uh, um, Emma Frost. That's right. That's funny as shit. So he's a telepathic, adamantium-filled, crazy, but still, like, genius mutant. And, uh, yeah, he gets... He figures it out really quick because he's, like... You know, he's able to read minds and shit. And Loki shows up at his doorstep. He reads Loki's mind. He's like, oh, we're not even in the real world right now. We're in soul world. And this is all just being projected right now. Uh, oh, and then they, like, open their eyes again. And then it's, like, all orange and decayed and shit. And there's monsters everywhere. And they're like, fucked up. oh. <laughs> but, no, it's it's a really neat uh, storyline. I'm glad they're doing it because all new, all different Marvel hasn't had anything this big of a deal ever. Like, it's always been, like, shit that most Marvel fans have just been kind of like, why? The only all-new, all-different shit that I've seen that's really prospered was Old Man Logan. And that was only because he was kind of thrown into the all-new, all-different universe. 
That's true. Because all new, all different is current 616. And that's interesting. They've melded some of this different stuff, you know, these other realities and stuff into the 616. I think it made it a lot better. The 616 got a little... Stale. Stale. Yeah. It did. Repetitive. I mean, it's funny because the Fantastic Four, right? Mm-hmm. They discontinued that comic a while ago. They finally brought it back, I think. But has anybody really cared? No. As a super- well, because there's so many other characters right now. Exactly, that are and, and truth be told, as a superhero troop, as if they're like you know like a troop, um, they're kind of boring. They're a bit old fashioned. They at this are. Point. They are. They're very old fashioned. Big old four um, on your chest. I mean, well, and the thing is, is that you know the thing with the Fantastic Four in my opinion, um, is that they tried to change them a little bit and make them more, like, rough and tumble for the modern age. They tried to make them, uh, you know, like, oh, they get Susan Storm this dark alter ego. She had spikes all over her and yada, yada, yada. Um, like, it's unnecessary. And then they had, like, uh, what was it? Johnny's gone off and done a bunch of stuff with like Daredevil. And well, yeah, but they had like like Reed became evil and then it was good and the spinoff. Then stories. people have gotten killed and come back and Franklin, yeah, Franklin, yada yada yada. yada. Um, it's just it became stupid. You, they took Goody Two Shoes characters that had really interesting storylines and are they were already dramatic, and they basically just like, I don't know. I, it's just like they were trying to make them... It's like when they take a character and they fuck him up on purpose for dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... Just, I to, don't know. just to keep it interesting, so-called, but it just doesn't work out. It doesn't at all. And I just... I didn't like it. And when they canceled it, I was like, yeah, it's good. It's about Good. Time. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> just do it. I don't give a shit. You know. It's really took long enough. Yeah. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I have... Well, I've seen... There's a there's theory that uh, with the movies, you know, Fox being, you know, two months away from being completely merged with Disney, they're saying uh, Doctor Strange, the the movie. Um, there's a line where uh, when Doctor Strange is being sent through all the dimensions, the ancient one is talking to him, and it says something like. So many different worlds or whatever. Some um, solemn and life-giving. Others uh, dark and evil and this and that. And um, as she's saying that, when she says the life-giving one, he's in the quantum realm. He's flowing through the quantum realm when she says that. Then gets to the next one when she says dark or whatever, he's in the dark dimension, which he revisits later in the movie. Yeah. We didn't really pay attention to the fact that he was in the quantum realm back then, but I seen someone was like, hey, if she said dark and whatever at the same time as talking about the dark dimension, but she also said life-giving at the same time as being in the quantum realm, hmm. what are the chances that when the Fox deal rolls around, they set, they set up full plans for the Fantastic Four being trapped in the microverse? It's true. And then they come out of it. And they, you know, they think it's they can do that funny thing where they think it's the sixties, but it's not the sixties anymore. And, and they're actually like all goofy dressed, and it's totally canon. But it's I fine. would love that. That'd be hilarious. It'd be awesome. Like, what do you mean nobody remembers me? <laughs> I'm sure there would be an. How do you look like? What is wrong with your hair? Oh my you know, god, that'd be hilarious. I'd love that. Baxter. You know. <clears throat> 
what the hell? I haven't seen you in 20 years. Yeah, my God. That's awesome. Last time I saw you, I was just beginning my mustache. Exactly. What, <laughs> what happened to the Baxter building? What the? What yeah. Baxter building? Exactly. Somebody launched into space a while back. Uh, <laughs> that happened all the time, too, in that freaking stupid show. It's a bit oh ridiculous. So Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. And, and, you know. I know. I mean, <clears throat> considering uh, old Wasp, Janet got, like, powers from the... Uh, quantum realm that like it's true she, she said did. she said they were evolution x-men so it's permanent now x-men and theoretically quantum realm that means multiple dimensions multiple worlds multiple timelines multiple quantum animals. means small no yes no like donald trump's dick no and his hands no quantum micro is which political jokes um <laughs> Fuck Trump. Fuck Trump. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I don't get it. Like, theoretically, Hugh Jackman Wolverine could show up for like 10 minutes and just be like, you know, fresh out the quantum room, like, what the fuck? Yeah, And then true. just go ham with the with the adamantium, you know, claws that he's been missing. That's true. And that would be sweet. I know. They're, they're, they're going to, my guess is that when they do reintroduce the X-Men... Uh, they'll be completely... I mean, obviously, he's done playing the role for the most part, but... Um, if I'd, they're going to bring back the people that are doing it right now, it's going to have to require a lot of explanation for quantum, you know, I think they're just, dimension they, I think they'll just plop them in there and they won't say shit about it. Because they're, they're all good and they're all young. I mean, they'll just say it's the, same, it's the same people. It's just a different version of them. Right. You know, they'll wipe the slate, the, the slate clean. They can pull that the James McAvoy is a really good Professor X. Very yeah. good. I like the chick that's uh, Phoenix. Even if I'm Sophie not too Turner? sure. Yeah, uh, Sophie's great. Even if I'm not too sure what they're doing with her movie. Because I heard they're, they're, they were originally planning to do scrolls for this movie. And mm. they were going to be like... Because they worship the Phoenix Force and shit. So it was going to be like they were going to be around when the whole Phoenix thing explodes in space. And like, you know, attacks and like kind of forms around gene that's true um but i heard they're they're changing it to make it like more she are kind of deal Ugh. um and they're kind of uh just kind of co- coaxing gene into being a certain way and you know kind of manipulating her and they become the ultimate bad guy but i think that scroll thing is mostly because captain marvel like marvel was like hey back the fuck off we're doing the scrolls this year yeah, like, you don't do that. Well, that's the thing too is with the limit with two different studios working with these properties, you wind up with a limited storytelling mm-hmm. repertoire. You can't tell one story with one one. Well, what are they doing with, with Venom? No, what's the, what's the one they're doing where they're releasing two different movies? Is it the the Batman, the Joker movie? Is that what they're doing? DC Joker has a movie two different set, movies set in the seventies. And, and Tom, a, Thomas Wayne is in it. Yeah. Brute, young Bruce is in it. But they're not going to... I don't think they're going to explain until the movie comes out whether or not this is a spinoff, like we're just going to one-off do this and you're going to like it as its own independent movie. Or if this is shared universe with the Batman we know. And Thomas Wayne had to deal with this version of the Joker. But aren't they having two different Joker movies now? There's two movies. Well, right? One of them stopped. One I, of them get I think they, they put on hold Jared Leto until they get through the this one. Um, because right now they're trying to push through Birds of Prey. They need to not do Jared Leto. I think they're going to do Jared Leto I think because Jared Leto's great. He's not great. He He's great. Sucks. He's incredible. Oh. What are you talking about? 
I don't like his version of the Joker. I just don't. I just don't like it. I love his version of the Joker. Uh, I'm a, I'm He's a, probably the most modern, accurate version of Joker you could ever have. Maybe. You're not going to have a, a Italian mob boss Joker anymore. We have Italian Spider-Man. Yeah, that's a nightmare. It was great. <laughs> you know it. Whoa! Whoa! Italian Spider-Man. It's awesome. What a mess. So that's pretty much the stories. It's, the, the stories. So that's pretty much the comics that we we've kind of read so far. We've been kind of slow on the comics. Yeah, it's been um, kind of a. It's a lot to cover with this with the Infinity War crossover, especially like lately. It's, it's been like you know every week there's like two new ones that come yeah. out, and they're both kind of like, you know, one of them drags and the other's kind of like, all right, well this is a lot to take in. I'm gonna have to remember for the next one, and it's, it all just kind of, you know, if you're not reading them all at once, it kind of fades from your mind, but. Um, I like it so far. I mean, I think uh, they got a lot of potential. It's probably the best um, all-new, all-different story I've read in a long time. They need to do more stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Events are always good, in my opinion. I mean, Civil War is one thing, but, like... or I mean, not Civil War One. Civil War Two is one thing, because it just had, like, 500 different fucking tie-ins. Um, even Secret Empire, if you read all the tie-ins, you, it kind of hurts your brain. But, like, um, if you read just base story... You get the you get the gist of it and it works out just fine. So, but I like Infinity Wars. It's it's been really good so far. It's pretty fun. I like the the mix with Gamora being the one in the doing it. And so Cosmic Ghost Rider connecting to it. Fucking a, I love Hilarious. Cosmic Ghost Rider. I love Cosmic it's Ghost so Rider so good. much. If you have it, if you read a single comic this sh- month or this year, you need to fucking pick up Cosmic Ghost Rider. Like any of the issues. It is so freaking funny and I it's love it. so well done and there's so many cameos and there's so much nonsense <laughs> from the so different fun. multiverse you know oh the yeah, cable one was yeah, so cable good. going back in time and plucking out superheroes and supervillains from like the multi from the history and it's insane it's so good i really wish there were more comics like it i wish deadpool like his main series comics always were this good because he's got moments where it's kind of like, all right, well, you did that already. All right, well, you're, you're just joking about the same thing you did like 10 issues ago. All right, well, you're doing the same trope where you, you save this person because you're stupid, and then that person's going to turn on you. But, like, Cosmic Ghost Rider is different. There's an agenda to the story where he's got to do this, and, like, on the way, he's just got all these people telling him, no, don't do it. He's like, hey, you shut up. I'm doing it. <laughs> and then he realizes he fucked up, and it's so good. But, yeah, if you're going to read anything, that's the one. I like that's it. That's the move. It really is. It's very well done. It's very funny. And it's worth a read. Yeah. All right, folks. I think we're nearing the uh, oh, one hour and 15 minute mark. Nice. That's pretty good. We will uh, see you next time. We'll discuss the house on Haunted Hill, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And maybe have some more uh, comic book news. Have a good one. Peace. Peace. Our opening and closing music is provided by Cellar Dweller. Um, Scandroid, the modern synthwave project from Detroit-based artist-producer Clayton, best known for his multi-genre project Cellar Dweller, is Clayton's love letter to the 80s. It's actually a really, really good music. If you go on YouTube um, and look up Scandroid, or just the song Atom and EEV by Cellar Dweller, that's the music that we use. He's graciously allowed us to use it as the, uh, the opening and closing music for our podcast now, and it's fantastic. Um, he has a website. He's got albums. 
go pick up some of his stuff. <laughs>